0: Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast, we trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk Morning Rev, really looking forward to opening up the Bible with you today uh, as we uh, step from our Wilderness series into the Promised Land uh, series. We're going to be looking at Joshua chapter 2 today, we looked at that last week, but this week we're going to be focusing in on a very unusual story. Uh, the kind of story that you really wouldn't uh, imagine that you would find in the Bible, and yet the the character that we are going to zone in on is mentioned a number of times again throughout the New Testament later on in the Bible. And so, and so, what happens in today's story proves to be more significant than you might think at first appearances. So let's read together. We're going to read uh, Joshua chapter two. The scriptures will come up. On the screen, we're going to read the first uh, verse, the first 21 verses together, uh, and then we're going to um, unpack it and see what the Lord wants to speak into our hearts today. So here we go. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute, whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, You also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, Our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, Go into the hills, or the pursuers will encounter you, and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go your way. The men said to her, We will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and you shall gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers and all your father's household. Then if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, Lord, I want to say thank you for this story. And I want to pray that you would help us to find the treasure. To find what it is, Lord, that you are wanting us to see and hear and understand today. And pray for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. To work in our minds and hearts through this story in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, what I'm going to do, I'm going to look at the three places in the New Testament where this woman Rahab's name is mentioned and really draw out the main points of the story. Um, it's so helpful when the New Testament makes mention of things that happen in the Old Testament, sheds light on it, helps us to understand it in, a, in, a, in its fullest sense. And the first place is in Matthew, Matthew chapter one. Uh, we're going to read a few verses and this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So, um, the Bible writers were very concerned with genealogies, who people were, where they came from, who their descendants were. We tend to think much more individualistically. Uh, we kind of uh, as a, culturally try to find who we are simply uh, through our own kind of sense of personhood rather than who we are descended from, where we have come from. But I think there's a growing interest in that kind of thing, a growing inter- interest in people um, trying to discover their family line and family trees. There is something um, that is quite intriguing about it. Um, but the, the, the Bible writers, it's more than intrigue. For them, it's, it's part of our identity. It's, it's, it's part of who we are. And so when they're introducing Jesus, um, not all of the gospel writers, but some of them, give a genealogy. And here in Matthew, if we go to um, the, chapter 1, let's read from verse 2 to the first part of verse 6. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob. And Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah, the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez, the father of Hezron, and Hezron, the father of Ram, and Ram, the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab, the father of Nashon, and Nashon, the father of Sammon, and Sammon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. And so what we find here is this woman, Rahab, is like the great 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 grandmother of King David, and then the great 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 great, and on we go, grandmother of Jesus Christ. She appears in the genealogy of the Saviour of the world. Now, surely, the surely there's a point here that is being made in an extraordinary way. This woman was a Canaanite. The Canaanites was kind of a fairly generic name given to the peoples that occupied. Uh, vast swathes of the promised land when Israel moved in. And God says of them, God says um, that there's the reason why um, the Israelites didn't occupy the land sooner was because he gave the occupants, the, the Canaanites, time um, to repent. But instead, they, they 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 filled the land with so much vile sin that God says that the land spewed them out. The land vomited them out. Their practices were abhorrent horror and everything from um, um, child sacrifice, ritual prostitution, vile idolatry, and just disgusting things you wouldn't wouldn't want to think too much about. She's a Canaanite woman. Um, But not only that, she is a prostitute. The way she makes a living, there's nothing righteous about it. There's nothing godly about it. Um, uh, She is an unlikely candidate to be part of the genealogy of the saviour of the world. An amazing thing, and surely if there's something for us to, to learn in this story, it's that it's that faith, faith, biblical faith, not just kind of vague faith, biblical faith. We're gonna look at that as we go through, opens up the doorway to a brand new name and a brand new line. it, it faith can pull you out and has pulled multitudes of people out of the most um, unimpressive. Backgrounds uh, and, and the most um, and names of ill repute uh, and and infamous kind of uh, uh, identities that faith opens the door to take you from being a, a nobody essentially to being someone who is so uh, dignified by the grace of God who is so lifted up and exalted. simply by the grace of God. Faith opens that door. It's a remarkable thing. And, 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 you know, the scripture is not ashamed of of these kinds of testimonies, these stories. The Bible says that heaven rejoices over one sinner who repents. And so, you know, if the Bible writers, if if the Holy Spirit was ashamed of such things, then we don't need to mention Rahab's name in that genealogy. In fact, you'll notice that the, the 90%, 95% of the names are men's names it's about the it's, it's, um, reckoning through the father's line in the genealogy doesn't really need to even mention her name but deliberately mentions her name why because because the grace of god is so demonstrated in the gospel that uh, no matter where you've come from faith in christ opens the door to a new line and a new name it's an amazing thing um Second mention is in the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, she appears in that very famous roll call of faith. Chapter 11, where we go through all of these amazing heroes of faith from the Old Testament, Noah, um, Abel, Noah, Enoch, Abraham, Moses, Sarah, extraordinary heroes of faith. And then when we get to uh, verse 31 of Hebrews chapter 11, it says this, it says, by faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies by faith. She didn't perish. You see, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the story of Jericho later in this series and we'll dis, 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 discover how um, essentially they were annihilated uh, as a city. Um, um, not Rahab. Not Rahab's household. Why? By faith. Why? What did she do? She hid the spies. She gave them a friendly welcome and she hid them. And she lied. She lied to the king. Just thought I'd throw that one in there. Okay. It's 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 not totally straightforward. Also, why why were those guys lodging at a prostitute's house? Okay. I don't know for sure, but I can give a guess why it's a messy story. Okay, and the Bible never tries to cover over the mess, never tries to whitewash things and make people look perfect it really doesn't it actually demonstrates and shows the reality of uh, what we're like what we get up to what goes on in our heads uh, the things we say the things we do that we shouldn't the bible is very very honest about that um, there's only one one person who is painted as utterly perfect in the whole of scripture and it's not Abraham and it's not David and it's not Noah it's Jesus he's the only one He's the only one who has not been infected by this disease of sin. And so uh, we've got a bit of a messy situation, but we're told here by faith. Now, I want to just zone in on this Joshua chapter 2 and and just just look at what Rahab says to the spies. It's a wonderful picture of what saving faith looks like. She says to them, Joshua chapter 2, She the first thing she says to them in in verse 9 is, I know the Lord has given you the land. I know the Lord has given you the land. This was the land that the Lord had promised to them. She's saying, I know that the Lord is going to be faithful to his promises. He's promised you it. He's going to do it. So this is what, what does faith look like? Because we bound it around, you know, oh, are you a person of faith? And it becomes this really generic idea that, oh yeah, I'm a person of faith. You ought to, what, what does it mean? What does it mean? Well, what does the Bible mean? Well, number one, that there is a there is an object in view with faith. It's not just an idea that you believe in a high power. That, no, 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 that's not biblical faith. It's as an object in view and it's the Lord, Yahweh. It's his covenant name. It's a God who has disclosed and revealed himself as Yahweh. Um, uh, that is who he is. I am who I am, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of all creation the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is who he is. You can't just say, oh, well, that's great. That's what you call him. I, I call him that. No, 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 no. He knows what he's called and he's revealed himself and given us his name. It's a bit like, you can't just decide my name's Charlie. I'm not having it, okay? It's not my name. My name's Steph. My name's Stephan. I'm a person with a history uh, and, and with a family. And I, I know who I am. You might say, yeah, but I've just decided I'm going to call you Charlie and you're from and you're from France you know and uh and you and you're, and you're a merchant no no that, well you can call me that but that's not who I am okay so we've got into this kind of idea that you can kind of as long as it means something to you you can say what it is what it's like whereby as people we 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 define what everything is actually no god defines what everything is and this is who god has revealed himself to be you see and she says i know he's going to give the land He's faithful to his promises. He's a faithful God. He's faithful to his promises. Number two, she says this, she says, verse 10, we've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the kings of the Amorites, Sihon, and Og. She says, we've heard. We've heard, I've heard, and I believe. The Bible says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the message of Christ. She's she's heard, she said, like, I've heard what God has done, I believe it. I believe it. It's it's affected me. It's affected me. I've heard. He's, he's, he's wow. I've heard what he's done. You know, for her, he said Jesus hadn't come yet, but she'd heard what God had done. The same God who sent His Son Jesus. She'd heard, and she's saying, she's saying that's affected me. I I, I am ordering my actions in light of who this God is. since what she says. Third, she says. Um, as soon as we heard it our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any any man because of you for the lord your god he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath She's saying look we've got we've got gods we've got gods of gold we've got gods of silver we've got gods of the hills this is god this is the god of heaven and the god of earth there is no one like him this isn't a man-made idol this is an object of our imagination this is the Lord, the creator of all. To have true biblical saving faith, there's that moment where you say, only him. Only the name of Jesus. Only the name of Jesus will do it. That, that's what saving faith, that's how it operates. That's what it is. It's not vague. Jesus. And then fourthly, she says this. Please swear to me by the Lord that I have dealt kindly with you and also you you will deal kindly with my father's house. She's saying, by the Lord, by the Lord, I'm looking for kindness. I'm looking for kindness. This is a wonderful, she's mentioned the Lord four times. She said, I believe he's faithful. I've heard and I've believed. I've heard what he's done. I believe what his, his actions, what he's done. He has a unique place among all gods, small g. He is the, he is the Lord of heaven and earth. And I'm believing that he's going to be kind to me gracious to me. It's a wonderful picture of what saving faith looks like. So when the Hebrews writer says, by faith, one sentence, by faith she was friendly to despise. We get an insight here, what's going on in her heart. I've seen him, he's the one. I'm putting my trust in him, fantastic. Final mention we'll find in James, chapter two, verses 25 to 26. James says this, James two, verse 25 to 26. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works, when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Her faith leads to action. What James is trying to kind of deal with there is this attitude that faith is just, we just, you know, just kind of say you believe, it's fine. You know, Now James says, no, no, true faith, faith that's alive leads to action. She hid the spies. She gave them a friendly welcome. Why? Because there was faith in her, faith in the Lord. And she wanted to do what she could as an expression of that faith. She wasn't saved by the action. She was saved by faith. But true faith leads to action. It's so important that we realize that, that we are saved through faith alone, by the the works that Jesus has done. Absolutely. But true faith, saving faith, is never alone. It's always followed by good works. It's always followed by action. Why? Because true faith really believes. And when you really believe something, man, it changes everything. Changes your outlook, your attitude, your priorities, your choice. Changes everything. It's how faith works. You can never be the same again. Hallelujah. What an image we have here. What a story of saving faith. And as we come into land, I want to just draw your attention to this wonderful image of this scarlet thread. She, she says, look, some sort of token so that when judgment comes, when God's judgment comes on the city, that's what it was. It was God's judgment for their vile sin. She says, I want to know that me and my household are going to be safe. And I so say, tie this scarlet thread in the window. And it's very, very reminiscent of the, back in Egypt, you door of your doorpost with the blood. It's even the same color. It's an extraordinary thing. It's this, it's this foreshadowing. It, it, it speaks to us. This idea of the blood, that, um, that only the blood... Can rescue us from the judgment of God because judgment of God comes because of sin, and the wages of sin is death. And so, the only thing that can atone for sin is death, is blood, and Christ's blood being shed for us is the only thing that can rescue us from the judgment of God. It's the only thing that will cause judgment to, to pass over us because Christ Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree. He, he the judge, became the judged. Credible. The judge became the judged. What a gospel. What a message. He takes our place for us so we can go free, so we can live right with God. We can be reconciled, have our conscience cleansed. Extraordinary. That's that's the idea here. So that when when the army of God closes in, don't, don't go in there. Why? The scarlet. The scarlet thread is there. Don't go in there. It's a token, it's a sign where our confidence is in the gospel. Our confidence is in Jesus. It's an extraordinary thing. What a story, what a message. There's so much more we could say, but we're preaching for a shorter time on Zoom. There's so much more we can say. But if you're in Christ, faith opens the door to a new line and a new name. No matter where you've come from, simple faith in the Lord can pull you out of the most undignified circumstances and identity and shame and clothe you with beauty and radiance before God. Hallelujah. Just faith. Faith, in not vague faith. Faith in Him. Trust in Him and all that He has done for you. Faith that changes everything. Faith that completely alters your outlook, your posture, your position, your attitude. Faith that revolutionizes everything. Faith in the blood of Christ who laid His life down for our sins and has risen again for our justification and who is alive today and who is pouring out his spirit on us so we can live in the power and the life of God.